0: So ladies and gentlemen, once again, good afternoon and welcome to Real Estate IQ, number one in deal finding. And welcome to the webinar, Successful Habits Book Club. Thank you all for being with us this afternoon. I'm Arthur and let's continue the journey together in this beautiful world of books. So why this book club? It has been said that our success is a direct result of all the habits we have as a matter of fact in this book it's it it, it did mention that the habits you know are very important to creating a successful business the more successful habits we adopt the more successful we become reading on a regular basis is one of the most impactful successful habits we can all develop and here's a couple of wise words a mind needs books as a sword needs a whetstone if it is to keep its edge by george martin A great book should leave you with many experiences and slightly exhausted at the end. You live several lives while reading by William Styrone. And to acquire the habit of reading is to construct for yourself a refuge from almost all the miseries of life by Somerset Maugham. Who are we? Well, Real Estate IQ is a technology and data company focused on creating work from home automated systems for the real estate investment community. So for those of you who continue to work in search for your next big deal in real estate, you might just have what you're looking for. These are work from home automated systems. First, we have the deal analysis with unlimited comps. Deal finding. If you want to make your own deals, you have over 45,000 motivated seller leads and premium with skip trace emails, phone numbers, just grab your phone and get your next big deal. And our latest offering is the CRM, or the Customer Relationship Management. If you're planning to expand your team, and if you need staffing needs like, you know, virtual assistants who can do, um, you know, um, your, your cold calls, or whatever it is that you need, you know, just give us a call, and I think we will be able to help you out. Our mission, to empower your journey to freedom and success. Our company core values, integrity. It is the quality of being honest, trustworthy, and having strong moral principles growth oriented. It is a belief that you can learn more, expand and get better and better through hard work, dedication and perseverance. And we're gonna give you um, an invitation because currently real estate IQ is expanding and you know growing out of Texas. We're now in Florida and Georgia. And in the coming months, we're planning to be expanding to other major metropolitan areas in other states. And if you'd like to be with us in this journey, please do give us a call and our numbers are just located on the lower right hand of your screen champion mindset it is you know being flexible and strong champions harbor the ability to cope with setbacks and obstacles with a strong will to succeed and these are the qualities we stand for our vision for this book club to bring together a core group of highly motivated individuals and high performers to grow together So come and join us in our passive investment program. Stay on top of passive investment opportunities in the Real Estate IQ community. For program benefits, networking opportunities, and et cetera, visit us in our site at realestateiq.co slash invest with us. And this is our timeline for this afternoon, we will be having the highlights in a while chapters five and six and at 515 we're going to be having the discussion with the panelists. And the last 10 minutes of our time will be dedicated to online networking and of course question and answer for those of you who may have any questions for our panelists. Disclaimer all information in the presentation is intended for educational purposes only we do not offer investment financial or legal advice. And may I have this pleasure of introducing our distinguished members of the panel who will help us dissect the lessons of this book. First up, our first panelist is in residential and commercial real estate, communication, creative problem-solving, deal structuring, and strategy, ladies and gentlemen, real estate investor, coach, and speaker, Mr. Brent Mott. Hi, everybody. Our second panelist is called The Closer, because he's the closer of deals, offering complete end-to-end turnkey support and power team, the president of Briar Court Homes. Here's Mr. Michael Tess. Howdy ho! And this is the book we're covering today, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. All right, so here we go. Think and Grow Rich. Chapter 5, Specialized Knowledge. It Pays to Know How to Purchase Knowledge. There are two kinds of knowledge. One is general, and the other is specialized. General knowledge, no matter how great in quantity or variety as it may be, is of but little use in the accumulation of money. Knowledge will attract money unless it is organized and intelligently directed through practical plans of action. To the definite end of accumulation of money. Lack of understanding of this fact has been the source of confusion to millions of people who falsely believe that knowledge is power. Knowledge is only potential power. It becomes power only when and if it is organized into definite plans of action and directed to a definite end. An educated man is not necessarily one who has an abundance of general or specialized knowledge. An educated man is one who has so developed the faculties of his mind that he may acquire anything he wants or its equivalent without violating the rights of others. Now, Henry Ford comes well with this, this meaning of definition. Before you can be sure of your ability to transmute desire into its monetary equivalent, you will require specialized knowledge of the service, merchandise, or profession which you intend to offer in return for fortune. Andrew Carnegie stated that he personally knew nothing about technical end of the steel business. Moreover, he did not particularly care to know anything about it. The specialized knowledge which he required for the manufacture and marketing of steel, he found available through the individual units of his mastermind group. As knowledge is acquired, it must be organized and put into use for a definite purpose through practical plans. Knowledge has no value except that which can be gained from its application towards some worthy end. This idea of starting at bottom and working one's way up may appear to be sound, but the major objection to it is this. Too many of those who begin at the bottom never manage to lift their heads high enough to be seen by opportunity. So they remain at the bottom. It should be remembered also that the outlook from the bottom is not so very bright or encouraging. It has a tendency to kill off ambition. We call it getting into a rut which means that we accept our fate because we form the habit of a daily routine, a habit that finally becomes so strong, we cease to know to throw it off. And that is another reason why it pays to start one or two steps above the bottom. By doing one, form the habit of looking around, of observing how others get ahead, of seeing opportunities and of embracing it without hesitation. By applying the mastermind principle, a few people with suitable talent could form an alliance and have a paying business very quickly. One would need to be a fair writer with a flair for advertising and selling. One handy at typing. You know, this was about 100 years ago. So typing was pretty much a preferred skill during the time. And hand lettering and one should be a first-class business getter who would let the world know about the service. If one person possessed all these abilities, he might carry on the business alone until it outgrew him. Both the success and failure are largely the results of habit. If you have imagination, this chapter may present you with an idea sufficient to serve as the beginning of the riches you desire. Remember, the idea is the main thing. Specialized knowledge may be found just around the corner, any corner. Chapter six, imagination. What would I do if I had a million dollars?
1: I'd invest it all. In real estate.
0: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) The imagination is literally the workshop wherein wherein are fashioned all plans created by man. The impulse, the desire is given shape, form, and action through the aid of imaginative faculty of the mind. It has been said that man can create anything which he can imagine. Man's only limitation, within reason, lies in his development and use of his imagination. He has not yet reached the apex of development in the use of his imaginative faculty. He has merely discovered that he has an imagination and has commenced to use it in a very elementary way. The imaginative faculty functions in two forms. One is known as synthetic imagination and the other as creative imagination. Synthetic imagination, through this faculty, one may arrange old concepts ideas or plans into new combinations. The faculty creates nothing. It merely works with a material of experience, education and observation, which it is fed. It is the faculty used most by the inventor with the exception of the genius who draws out the creative imagination when he cannot solve his problem through synthetic imagination. Creative imagination, through the faculty of creative imagination, the finite mind of a man has direct communication with an infinite intelligence. It is the faculty through which hunches and inspirations are received. It is by this faculty that all basic or new ideas are handed over to man. The great leaders of business, industry, finance, and great artists, musicians, poets, and writers became great because they developed the faculty of creative imagination. Both the synthetic and creative faculties of imagination become more alert with use, just as any muscle or organ of the body develops through use. Definiteness of purpose is the starting point from which one must begin. He recognized, too, that definiteness of purpose takes on animation, life, and power when backed by a burning desire to translate that purpose into its material equivalent. A publisher of books which sells for a nickel made a discovery that should be, more, that, that should be worth much more to publishers generally. He learned that many people buy titles, not the contents of books. By merely changing the name of one book that was not moving, his sales on that book jumped upward more than a million copies. Inside of the book was not changed in any way. He merely ripped off the cover bearing the title that did not sell and put on a new cover with a title that had a box office value. Ideas are intangible forces, but they have more power than the physical brains that give birth to them. They have the power to live on after the brain that creates them has returned to dust. For example, take the power of Christianity that began with a simple idea born in the brain of Christ. Its chief tenet was do unto others what you would have others do unto you. Christ has gone back to the source from whence he came, but his idea goes marching on. Someday it may grow up and come into its own. Then it will have fulfilled Christ's deepest desire. The idea has been developing only 2,000 years. Give it time. And these are our main topics for today, specialized knowledge and imagination. That's our highlights. Let me now turn over the floor to our panelists,
2: Brent and Michael. Awesome. Thank you so much, Arthur. So as as always, when Arthur, and, and this is why we have mastermind groups and, and um Spoiler alert! He's going to talk about mastermind groups, uh, in in the coming chapters in the in the book. But when Arthur talks about it, it reminds me of different things uh, than, than when I was reading about it. So I, I love Ar- Arthur's recaps uh, on this. Um, but uh, in uh, it was on slide twenty five. You don't need to pull it up, but Arthur was talking about uh, specialized knowledge, and just because somebody has a lot of knowledge doesn't necessarily mean that they're gonna be the most successful. So um, uh, Michael, you you went to business school for graduate school too, right? Yes. So when I got my MBA, um, uh, all of this, that, so an MBA is considered a terminal degree. So you can teach at the university level if you have, that. that's the academic requirement to teach at the university level because it's it's considered, the high, even, even though you can't get a doctorate in business administration, a master's of, of business administration is considered a terminal degree. So when I was in uh, graduate school, I, it was weird to me at first that we had some of our professors were MBAs and you called them Mr. or Miss or whatever. And uh, a lot of our professors were doctors. So you called them doctors. They were PhDs. And so the PhD went to school for an extra four years and technically they had a higher rank. Um, they, they technically had more knowledge, but in, the, in business school specifically, all of the students wanna work with the MBA professors, not the PhD professors. And they have respect for the MBA professors, not the PhD professors, because the MBA professors are the ones that ran businesses. The Ph.D. professors, they went to school until they were 27, never had a real job, and they're speaking from theory. So just because somebody has the most knowledge doesn't mean that they're going to be the most successful. Um, so, I mean, that, that's just something that, that's uh, uh, that I when when Arthur was talking about that, having more knowledge or more education doesn't necessarily make you more successful.
1: Um, it's the ivory tower effect that we all mock. You what? It's the ivory tower effect that we all mock. All yep. these economists and political science and they tell us about the theory, but they've never lived in the real world a day in their life and they're just completely wrong. Yep.
2: So, um, so I mean, it, it's, it's something that a lot of people get hung up on. You know, I didn't go to business school. I don't know this. I, I or whatever. No, educate yourself. Um, Jim Rohn. Uh so every per i am a personal development junkie. This book right here started it. Think and Grow Rich started personal development. Um everybody refers back to it. Um, but Jim Rohn is kind of the the modern, I, I don't know if modern is the right word anymore. Um, uh, he was eighties, nineties, late seventies, awesome VHS quality video. But, uh, Jim Rohn talked about how, uh, education will make you a living, but self-education will make you a fortune. So learning specialized knowledge, especially about real estate, um, we're on the real estate IQ is successful, have his book club. So I, I think everybody here is interested in real estate and obtaining specialized knowledge uh means that we can think and grow rich i'm i'm just it's not even puns it's just literally in the title of the book um so uh want to just kind of start going through with stuff that uh uh that i i was go- that i took out of it um so this is i even though this is what i highlighted it didn't resonate the the same way until arthur said it the faculties of the great universities possess in the aggregate practically every form of general knowledge known of civilization they specialize in teaching knowledge but they do not specialize in organization or the use of knowledge it's not none of it is applicable none none of it is applicable it's all it's all theory until you take the knowledge and you apply it um knowledge is power it is nothing of the sort. Knowledge is only potential power. It becomes power only when and if it is organized in the definite plans of action and directed to a definite event. Okay, so there's, there, there's steps to this. Okay, so we, we have to understand that, we, that the steps are here and we have to do all of these steps. Okay, so let, let's go through that again. Uh, It is nothing of the sort. Knowledge is only potential power. When does knowledge become power? It becomes power. So step one is get the knowledge. So step one is we have to have the knowledge. And then it becomes power um, only when it is organized into definite plans. So we have to have the knowledge and then put it into a definite plan. Notice it's still not power the third step is directed to a definite end okay so we have to gain the knowledge put together the plan and apply the plan all right none of it works unless you do um so that's that's really uh important to know as we're going through this um i highlighted a lot more in this uh
1: section let me just add one thing to that 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 made me think of um so as a competitive shooter And and a shooting instructor, uh, one of the, the, we kind of, I have questions where I kind of set up the class sometimes. And I'll say, practice makes what? And everybody says, oh, practice makes perfect. No. Practice makes permanent. So along with that, you can have all the knowledge you want, but if you're not utilizing it, it does you no good. If you practice all the wrong shooting stances, all the wrong grip, all the wrong pulling the trigger, you can practice 10 hours a day, seven days a week. You're going to be crappy at it because it's gonna make those bad habits permanent. So you need to take what's right and then implement what's right. Just like what you were saying and what the book was saying, it's not enough to have that knowledge. How do you focus it and how do you implement it and maximize it?
2: And then to, to take that to the next level, um, if you're doing it wrong, how do you know you're doing it wrong? You have to surround yourself with the people that know how to do it right. And you have to be open to taking that instruction that, that, I I mean, that's what we do in the real estate world, um, is we, we partner with people that know how to do stuff we don't know how to do. Um, I like to partner with people that know how to do stuff that I don't know how to do. And I don't want to learn how to do it because they're great at it. Um, I partner with people, um, that are great at what they do and I'm good at it too, because it opens up more of my time. Um, So, I mean, that's – that's and it it allows me to do more of what I want to do and what I like to do. So, um, huge opportunities there. Um, All right. So, next thing that – oh, this is one of my favorite stories. It's the story when he was talking about Henry Ford. Okay. This is one of my favorite stories just in general. So, um, a newspaper uh, libeled uh, Henry Ford saying that he was an idiot. And then they were grilled uh, uh, because he didn't have the the right type of education. Henry Ford in uh, revert like engineered a like built a car from scratch. If you haven't read his story, um, his story is really really interesting. He, he was created the assembly of- line. He he invented the assembly line. He built a steam engine from scratch. Yep. Uh, Grew up on a farm and built a steam engine from scratch. He heard about it and he turned around and he built one. But genius. Anyways, uh uh they were asking him all of these weird random trivia questions. I don't know and I don't care. So um there's a lot of people that are uh um I, I think you know this, Michael. I uh Chris Alcedo and I do a question and answer call on Monday nights. And uh Chris is amazing. So Michael and Chris are business partners. They have an amazing wholesaling company and they're great to partner with. But Chris knows everything there is to know about everything and the different types of deeds. And uh, about once every two months, a, qu- a question comes out about what is this specific type of deed? And Chris and I have done that call together for four years. And I can't tell you how many times that question has come up. And every time that question goes up, I say, hey, Chris, do you want to talk about the different types of deeds? You want to know the reason why I always defer to Chris? I don't know. I don't know the different types of deeds. You want to know what else? I don't care. I don't care what the different types of deeds are. I have attorneys that know what the different types of deeds are. And I have attorneys that I spend a lot of money to tell that I have them tell me what to do. So that question comes out about every other month and I defer it to Chris. And guess what? Had I chosen to internalize that information, I'd know the answer. I just don't care. Um so that that and that's that's another partnership. But I want to I want to read this just because Henry Ford just totally showed it to these attorneys. Uh he says, "If I should really want to answer the foolish question you've just asked," or any of the other questions you've been asking me, let let me remind you that I have a row of electronic push buttons on my desk. And by pushing the right button, I can summon to my aid people who can answer any question I desire uh, to ask concerning the business to which I am devoting on my efforts. Now, will you kindly tell me why I should clutter up my mind with general knowledge for the purpose of being able to answer questions when I have people around me who can supply any knowledge that I require. Surround yourself with the right people. Surround yourself with the right people. And they, uh, I think they have this new, uh, I think they call it a Google. I don't know. Um, you, you can know anything you want to know. I mean, it, its it's right there. Um, so this is something that's really unique that our, our, our brains will develop certain skill sets. So when I was at the, uh, at the Cadillac dealership, um, we had to know VIN numbers. We had to identify the VIN numbers, vehicle identification numbers, um, on cars. Um, and I, so it, I was the first, uh, I was the first of my generation at our dealership everybody else was 10 plus years older than me. Okay. So, uh, I was born in 1985. I got a cell phone in what, 2000, 2002. Um, so I got a, I got a cell phone when I was 16. So, uh, 2001. All right. I used a cell phone to store phone numbers from the time I was 16 on. So something that was unique is the guys older than me could remember a 17 digit vin number the guys younger than me couldn't remember a 17 digit vin number because we never had the the part of our brain wasn't wasn't exercised that memorized 10
1: random digits i Where, still remember the phone number from the very first house i ever lived in when i was 6 years old i've i've got that one because i only i have
2: uh, so my i have my parents phone number my grandmother's phone number my phone number I get Judy's phone number right about half the time. Um, but why do I need to clutter my mind with trivial
1: information when I have tools uh, that we can use to-, to- and, and, and Brent, that kind of leads to, and I don't want to jump ahead, but I want to talk about where imagination. Are you at, at imagination yet? Because that kind of leads to a point I want to make about imagination. Let's talk about imagination. It, it, what I, one of the things I took away from that, and, and it's funny cause I actually in my notes have the word new generation. And when you saying that made me think of that. When I grew up, you know, I was born in the early seventies. I'm old compared to Brent. When, when, when I grew up, you know, we would run outside, we'd play war, we'd play games, we'd use a stick as, our, as a gun or we'd, what, it was all imagination. I grew up playing with Legos. TV wasn't a big thing. Everything we did was, was with our imagination, even the toys we had, you know, the toys, they didn't have flashing lights and sounds and they didn't do stuff. We had to imagine that. And we had, we had to do all that stuff. And, And I look at my, my, my two and a half year old godson right now, I FaceTime him every day and I was talking to him today and I look at the toys that they have and, and the stuff that they have. And I was actually thinking about it, it, I don't see them using one-tenth the imagination we had to use. And I wonder how that will impact them as, as they grow up. Are we going to see some of those skills and that skill set that comes from that uh, disappear? I, I, I don't know. But uh, to me, that, that was one of the things that kind of started going in my brain when we were talking about the imagination and the set and, and what it brings about.
2: It, uh, the imagination is, is huge and it goes, uh, hand in hand with the specialized knowledge. Um, so there's, there's two other things that I wanted to point out from specialized, but that's a, that's a great point because we, our brains develop to do what we program to do. So we have to have that level of imagination. Um, uh, one, uh, so, uh, Paul Lamnados uh, with Blink Lending is a good friend of mine and, uh, he, he has, uh, twin girls that are two years old and one of the i don't know if they joined the this particular monastery school um but all of the all of the toys were made out of wood and like none of the dolls had faces so they had to pretend or u- use their imagination so there, there's something to be said for that um uh so uh, our Judy and I have a six month old niece and, uh, her christening was this weekend. Uh, we got her a box set of Dr. Seuss books. Um, and, instead of, so, I mean, I, I like books. I think that they're necessary. Um, so, uh, to, to kind of wrap up this specialized knowledge and, and why it's so important, especially in our industry. Successful people in all callings never stop acquiring specialized knowledge related to their major purpose, business, or profession. Okay. There, there's not a level that you stop learning. Once you stop learning, you're done. Uh, there's, there's more ways that we can structure real estate deals. There's more ways that we can do stuff. That's going to make us a lot more money. Um, we took, so, uh, one of our subdivision deals that, you know, we just a couple of years ago, we found some land and figured, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. So we figured out what to, we used our imagination to figure out what to do with the land. We just had, we just finalized the plat on uh, some land that we own and uh, we were it's five, it's five lots that we're going to sell. We were planning on selling them for thirty thousand dollars each when we bought it. They're selling for forty five thousand dollars each. so is is what our is is what we're gonna list them at. but that's something because we took a garbage lead and just figured out what to do with it because we exposed ourselves to more information um, and then specialized knowledge plus imagination were the ingredients that went into this unique and successful business. so going into something that I've got going right now that is going to be a major, major part of my business model moving forward came because I had specialized knowledge in real estate. Okay. And then I had, uh, uh, I I used my, I had another problem that I had distributions in my IRA, but I didn't have enough to invest in anything substantial. I think I had $8,000. So because I, I had the specialized knowledge um, of real estate and commercial real estate specifically, I uh, I wanted to find a way to pool funds to buy single family houses. So that's something that um, I, I had my imagination. It became something definite, a definite purpose for me. I bought a, uh, I paid for education on how to start a hedge fund. I paid for the attorneys on how to draft everything up and we're starting a hedge fund Uh we'd started a hedge fund um, to go in and buy these houses. But I mean, that, that's something that started with a few pieces of specialized knowledge. None of them were necessarily connected until we used imagination to connect those and then took the de- to, made a plan and took definite purpose to follow through with that plan. All right. Um, so Specialized knowledge is something that's super important. You constantly have to find opportunities to grow and learn. That's what I love about groups like this. Um, I love the education that Real Estate IQ does. I love the education uh, that Big Dog does. I love the education that, uh, that Quest IRA does. Anderson Advisors does great education. I love going to events and growing my education and networking with people that grow their education, because that's, that's going to help us get into that mastermind group. Um, uh, I, I went to a class in, uh, Utah, uh, weekend before last. And I, uh, talked to my business partner, Aaron, and to go into that class with me. Uh, because, you know, if Judy and I are sitting in, in class together, we're going to, we're going to talk about it. But the specialized knowledge that he has as well is going to add a whole new dynamic on how we can all come together to uh, use our imaginations to come up with something uh, even further. So um, uh, uh, something, th- th- this is so simple uh, when he's talking about imagination. Ideas are the beginning points of all futures. Ideas are the beginning points of all futures. And where do our ideas come from? Well, it comes from exposing ourselves to information, giving ourselves time to reflect, game, giving, us, giving ourselves time to reflect and let our subconscious mind stew on things and think about things and create. So I, I love that. It's just so simple. Ideas are the beginning points of all fortunes. Um, uh, behind so uh, this was talking about uh, this was talking about the the preacher that if I had a million dollars. By the way, um, when Arthur was uh, talking about that. Because I'm a giant nerd, I wanted, I mean, right now we, we talk about a million bucks. Like it's not that much and in really it, it's not that much money. Um, but, um, so we'll, I'll, I'll finish that thought and then I'll tell you my next thought. Uh, so I wanted to know this book's about a hundred years old. What, what is the value of that at 3% inflation, a million dollars is roughly 20 million, Twenty million dollars is a lot of money now. What I, I'm, I'm still going to call twenty million dollars a lot of money. All right. So th- this is, uh, this so is. That's about what you make in a month, Brent. Right. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Almost there. Almost, Almost there. Um. So, uh, we and the news is terrible about this. The um, but we use the term million and billion it's it's almost interchangeable it, it, we the society uses those two terms almost interchangeably so here's here's the perspective of a million and a billion uh michael do you know do you know where i'm going with this i, I
1: know where you're going with this okay it's a, arthur, way to, it's a good
2: place to go arthur do you know do you know how long ago a million seconds ago was no <laughs> a million seconds ago was 11 days Oh, all right. That's great to hear. How long ago do you think
0: a billion seconds ago was? Oh, my goodness. I think that's going to be about a thousand
2: more. (laughs) 37 years. Ouch. That's a lot. A lot. So, um, yeah, that's the difference between a million and a billion. 11 days, 37 years. That's the difference between a million and a billion. Um, so I mean it, it it's crazy. All right. Yeah, yeah, so anyway, no,
1: it rolls around trillions like it's nothing.
2: Yeah, I, I mean what could we possibly do with one point eight trillion dollars? That that it's doing much better while it's still ink and paper. We could we could we could read Creature from Jackal Island for our next book club book. That would be, we would get a lot out of that. And, and Michael and I wouldn't get political at all if we were-
1: No, <laughs> no. We you know how much I shun away from politics, Brent.
2: No, I know. I, I hate talking about that. All right. Um, so this is going back to the, the preacher talking about what he would do with a million dollars. Behind the idea was a desire that young Gonzalez had been nursing in his mind for almost two years. Okay, it's an idea that he's been working on. Observe that this important fact, he got the money within 36 hours of reaching a definite decision in his own mind to get it and deciding upon a definite plan for getting it. That, that's how fast this stuff can move. And I'm not saying it's going to happen every time, but I've, I've seen this move this fast. All right. Uh, God seems to throw himself on the side of people who know exactly what they want if they are determined to get just that. All right, and is that is is God and the universe conspiring with us? No, but I think God and the universe give us tools, and they use our subconscious mind. Uh, they've given us a subconscious mind that will seek out the opportunities once we've set in stone with our subconscious mind, we we're trained to do this. Uh, I was meeting with an investor today who uh, until two months ago kind of had an interest in real estate, but didn't really, didn't really have any plans. Didn't really know, didn't just wasn't, wasn't there. And then he said, and, and you know, we, we got into this program, we got this education and now we're seeing bandit signs everywhere. And you know, I'm thinking, did we, get on, did we get on board with this two weeks late? Because everybody's doing this now. And it's like, no, they were there the whole time. They were there the whole time. You just didn't know that they were relevant information. Our brains are designed to block out information. They're not designed to take in information. But we've, you, you told your subconscious mind, this is important. So it's going to look for opportunities to find that.
1: Brent, let me add something to what you were just saying about God and uh, and all that and our, our intelligence. Um, I'm actually reading a book right now. I typically, the way I operate is I'll typically read five to six books at a time. Um, depending upon what night it is it will depend on which one I'm reading that night. Uh, one of the ones I'm reading is actually a very slow read. It was written by an Orthodox Uh, monk slash priest about a hundred years ago, it's called unseen warfare. And it's about basically the battle, the unseen battle between good and evil. And uh, it's a slow read because he writes like a monk from a hundred years ago. So it's kind of painful to get through every sentence, but he talks about a upper intelligence level. And for lack of a better word, a lower uh, 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 intelligence uh, uh, lower level. And it's the upper one is your head that says, I know this is wrong, I shouldn't do that. The lower one is where the desires, the passions, the emotional reactions come from. And it, and it talks about the battle between the two of them. Um, and, and for me, one of the things that I'm taking from it is, you know, I'm, I'm from Boston we have strong personalities in the northeast it's i know it's i know you're shocked shocked um but i i want to learn how i i know from a negotiating and from a debating and from a from uh, from that point of view the less emotional you are the more effective you are so within reason so I'm trying to, 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 to understand that internal battle so that I can put, keep my emotions in check more. Not that I overreact, but you know what I'm saying. And it's, it's interesting because when you were talking about emotions and things like that a minute ago, I immediately went to that and was thinking about that upper versus the lower. And, and it's even in, in what we do, even from a business aspect point of view, you know, what's what is our head? What is our knee jerk reaction emotion? Are we going to let our oh, another deal fell through? That's it. I'm giving up. Well, that, that's your lower. That's not your upper. And which one is going to win out? How are you going to take that knowledge and apply it? And it all intertwines.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So coming from uh, from Boston, whether you're going to wear your tan pants or you're going to go
1: drive your car, you've got to have your khakis. Well, I will tell you what we do in Boston. It can be four degrees out, snowing, and I guarantee you, you will see people walking in short pants, uh, uh, a a heavy sweater with a hood, and a Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee, trudging through the snow. There you go. So they're not very intelligent. Well, that's right, because we got to avoid being hit by cars, you know, stuff like that. You find out if you remember where we pocket, you know?
2: (laughs) I love it. I love it. So, uh, going
1: back sorry.
2: on, what I said, sorry for the tangent. Oh, that no, I love it. I love it. Um, uh, so we've got the imagination, we've got the desire, but remember there's that third step there. There's that third step that we talked about earlier. Um, we've got to put it to work. Riches, when they come in huge quantities are never the result of hard work. Riches come if they come at all a response to definite demands based upon the application of definite principles and not by chance or luck. Okay. So it's that application that we've got to go through. Um, uh, there's, uh, there's no way that you're going to save yourself to riches. There, there's no way that you're going to save yourself to prosperity. We've got to take those, those big actions and have those big goals. Um, so, uh, most of them. So this is talking about the, the the moving pictures industry. It's a new it's a new thing. Uh, it, it's it's a brand new technology. You you might have seen one. It's a talkie. Uh, most of them were men who couldn't create ideas, but they had the imagination to recognize ideas when they saw them. So a lot of the people that, that capitalized were the people that that connected, that they were receptive to ideas, and found a good way. To uh, uh, to to apply, they, they found a solution and they found a, a coinciding problem and put them together. Uh, so this is this is talking about uh, Napoleon Hill's uh, his specific breakthrough. The favorable ba- break came through Carnegie, but what about the determination, definiteness of purpose? the desire to attain the goal and the persistent effort of 25 years. It was no ordinary desire that survived disappointment, discouragement, temporary defeat, criticism, and the constant, constant accusation of waste of time. It was a burning desire and obsession. That's where we've got to avoid those lower senses, the emotions when things get tough. All right. So love that. Uh, and then I have the um, – so the the book that I have is the re, uh, revised and updated for the 21st century, um, which for the most part just means it's gender neutral. Um, uh, I, I listen to the audio while, uh, of the original while I read, so sometimes it's a little bit different. Essentially, it's gender neutral. That's that's pretty much the, the update. Uh, but he does talk about some other successful people, um, and a couple of businesses that I absolutely love their business model. One is Southwest Airlines. Uh, the other is Chick Fil A. Um, I love their, I love both of their business models. Um, but in the updated and revised version, um, uh, they were talking about Herb Kelleher, uh, one of the founders of Southwest Airlines. And one of the things he said, this is something that we've hit on a lot. This is if we had a theme of book club of something that we hit on a lot across all of our books, think of what the customers want and then give it to them. Is is just something that, that was really huge. We've got we've got to come up with with the imagination of what do they want and then we have to give it to them. That's that's how we've got to add value. Um, Michael, do you have anything else on on imagination?
1: Uh, No, but in what you just said with giving it to the customers, what they want, and you had talked, uh, you had mentioned earlier the words, uh, with with the publisher book name about how he changed the publisher, or maybe it was uh, Arthur. Uh, In my past life, I worked in the ultra, ultra high-end audio industry, and there was a speaker company that had a phenomenal speaker, and they were only charging $1,400 for the pair, which is dirt cheap. And one of the things that they realized they had run into is because it was so cheap in audiophile terms, nobody took it seriously. They discontinued it, came out with a new speaker exactly the same. They didn't change a thing. They charged $3,495, $3,495. Couldn't keep them in stock.
2: Branding, marketing, yeah.
1: that's what it comes down Thank to. Yes.
2: Uh, all right, well, I, th- I think this is the closest I've ever come to not running over on time um do we want to bring in uh every
1: everybody and kind of get their thoughts
2: yeah so jeff how about let's bring everybody in all, I,
1: I just want everybody to look at stacy's uh post supporting what i had said about boston university and, and bostonians <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it looks like israel has extended the invitation to everybody about you know we, we should go and shoot some time <laughs> <Let's do it. laughs> All right, so while everybody is um settling in, I'd also like to share about imagination. you know I grew up um seeing in the television advertisements of McDonald's, even though my city didn't have one, but you know it 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 really um, um aroused my curiosity and you know looking back into the history of mcdonald's i i I, I found out that it was actually um uh, put up by two brothers, and they just had this, this idea of having fast food. And they didn't have the idea of, of um, going national during the time. It was actually the milkshake salesman, Ray Kroc, who, who saw the, the potential of the fast food chain to go you know, big time. And that's why um, Ray Kroc um, eventually bought the, the the franchise and eventually made a huge, huge deal out of it. And it all just came from his imagination. Imagine that! <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the brothers the brothers established the fast food, but it was Ray Kroc who brought it to another level. Same thing, but you know, different approach, different perspective, and I, I love it.
2: That's awesome. <laughs>
0: So, guys, we'd like to hear your thoughts as well. So, um, there's just a handful of us, but we'd also love to, to hear your thoughts. Um, Stacey, Frank, Fahim, is there anything you'd like to share?
2: I think, uh, I think Israel's battery died. Yeah.
0: Yes, any learnings about um, these chapters uh, 5 and 6 about imagination and um, specialized knowledge today?
2: I guess we covered it all. We did great. Yeah, Good job. yeah I think
0: I, I love the pacing we have right now. We've covered everything. Um, we're not um, running late. We're also,
1: um, oh, there's Frank. Yes, Frank. I don't know what happened, but it switched me to uh, the video off. I wasn't I wasn't on before, but it switched me completely off. So I couldn't figure out how to get off uh, mute and video back on. So <laughs> um, first time to join, pretty neat. I, I was awesome. I didn't know what to expect, so I've never been a part of a book club. But I've certainly, I've read the book a long time ago. But it'll get me back in it uh, just to refresh my memory. So it was kind of nice. Hopefully, it not scare you away. No. <laughs> you have a good time. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for coming, Frank. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We don't. We we like to take things not too seriously and just enjoy it. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. <sighs> All right. Looks like
0: we've covered everything today. So for next week, we're going to be covering chapters 7 and 8. Is that right, Brent? Yes. All right. So if there's um, uh, no other uh, ideas coming out, so thank you so much for being here today. And we really look forward to having you again next week for another episode of Successful Habits Book Club. Thank you and enjoy the rest of your evening. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.